Hello, Hello there. Everyone. Welcome back to another episode. This is episode 88 of Star Wars in a Galaxy. Watching all the Star Wars we can get our hands on. I'm Eli. I'm Jacob. And today we have a truly special episode. We watched this last week. We watched the middle three episodes, like the episode, those episodes right smack dab in the middle of The Bad Batch season one. I'm talking about battle scars. I'm talking about reunion. And I'm talking about bounty lost, those three episodes. But we are not talking about this alone with us. And I'm so glad to have them with us are Keith and Kerwin from Father Son Galaxy. Um, I remember going to both of your panel at Celebration. It was fantastic. I loved being there and seeing the energy. And I remember uh, you both talking about how much you love The Bad Batch. And I said to myself, there's an episode right there. We got to get them on. And here we are. Um, this is, what, five, six months later? And we're, we're doing this thing. So how are you both doing today? Oh, we're doing great. All right. Thank you for having us. This is... Yeah, uh, we're real excited. Yeah, we, we can't wait to talk. We can... We can talk about the bad batch any time of the day, so uh, we just thank you. So you know, we we yeah. hope we hope you got your your meals next to because we will we will chat until <laughs> well, dinner time tomorrow. Well, we don't want to take got, up too much of your time. Gentlemen. I, I got thank I got you for the I got my water, but before um <laughs> uh before we get uh into t talking about the bad batch um let's uh first I want to we like to ask all of our guests about how they got into Star Wars. So, um, both of you, whichever order you want, you know, go ahead. How did you get into Star Wars? How did you get, also, how did you get into, uh, your show and making your sure. show and all that kind of stuff? Absolutely. Yeah. I... So I would say, <laughs> <laughs> my dad. That's, that's all right. That's, <laughs> would you like to go first? Or would you like me to go first? You can go first. Okay. All right. So, so I was introduced <laughs> so, uh, to Star Wars. We are silly. By okay. my dad yes. through the Golden Books. Right? Little Golden Books. Because he went to Barnes and Noble, which I love, and he was like, "Oh, I see. There are books here, and they're about Star Wars. Maybe I should get them for Keith." And then came home with the books, and I read them. Loved them. And then I'm like, "When do we watch the movies?" And we had to go to Best Buy because we didn't have a Blu-ray player because the old one broke. <laughs> You don't want, yeah. And did. then, and then we went to Best Buy and we bought it. And I'm like, woohoo! Now we can watch A New Hope. And I enjoyed it. And I'm like, let's watch The Imperfect Back. And then we watched all the movies. By the way, I was about four when this happened. Yeah. And wow. all the movies. Mm -hmm. And at the end, I'm like, yay! Yeah. And we, and then The Force Awakens came out, and I got to watch it with my dad. And that was my introduction to Star Wars, the fast version. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah, so yeah, exactly. Um, so my introduction was back when I was uh, 10 years old, actually, uh, 12 years old, actually. Uh, the first film I saw was The Empire Strikes Back. Um, didn't have much of a memory of it, but I did have a memory of Return of the Jedi. Um, of course you and yeah, I love talking about, you know, that experience because I, I went with two of my uh, best buddies from Brooklyn, grew up in Brooklyn, and we went to a uh, movie theater in Manhattan, and we saw it opening weekend, and it was just tremendous. You know, there was a long line of people. Uh, we had to wait online for about a few hours, but when we finally got into the theater, and, you know, we went to one of the best theaters in Manhattan, you know, we wanted yeah, to go like where the screen was a huge screen. Low Astor Plaza, no longer there. Dolby, um, Dolby, Dolby Surround, surround sound. sound. Yeah, so. I've heard this a billion times. Yes, you have. So I, we wanted to make sure that we got the best uh, movie experience and it was fantastic. And we had a wonderful time. So it started there. 
And, um, you know, many, many years, you know, um, you know, even after they stopped, after the original trilogy, there wasn't a lot going on with Star Wars. Just the books. Yeah, uh, you know, until the the the, the uh, prequel trilogy. But outside of my two best friends from Brooklyn, I didn't really have anybody else to talk Star Wars about. So really, it wasn't until Keith came along um, that I found, you know, my buddy, you know, that we could talk Star Wars. And Keith is actually knows a lot more than I do because he has so much material. He's got the Clone the Wars. The Padawan got... has become the master. Yeah. I don't know Very about that, so. but you know, so he's got, yeah, so he's got the Clone Wars, he got Star Wars Rebels, he got the sequel trilogy. Resistance. So yeah, exactly. There's so much more Star Wars now. So I'm enjoying it now more than I did when I was 12 years old. Yeah, I've, 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 I love a lot of that. First of all, I just want to ask one thing, Keith, just to clarify your first Star Wars movie was The Force Awakens, like in theaters, right? Oh, uh, no, it was New Hope. I don't. Yeah, he saw and it then at home. I saw the first Force Awakens. Yeah, all so, of the so, movies. Yeah, you saw the Force Awakens at home, but you did see the Last Jedi in the theaters. That was your okay. first. Okay. I, I was gonna say because my first, um, and uh, and I think Jacob, you too, if I'm not incorrect about this, our first, uh, both of our first Star Wars movies in the theaters was Force Awakens, and yeah, um, uh, it's it's it, you, I mostly like. Uh, and I'm not like dissing this at all, but I like most of the stories we've heard are from are, are like yours, Kerwin, where it's just about like, oh, I saw, you know, New Hope in the theater or Phantom Menace in the theater. And it's it's so crazy to me, at least, to hear somebody who's like, no, the first one I saw in the theaters was The Last Jedi. Um, like that is at, like we have been to every single of the Disney Star Wars releases together, Jacob and I. Um, uh, luckily, um it was right before the, uh, of course, riots was right before the pandemic hit because we couldn't have done that um, <laughs> uh, afterwards. But it, it's so weird to hear like the the new generation of Star Wars fans really like, as if I'm not a part of it again. Like I'm talking as if that doesn't include me. But yeah, I, um, Jacob, anything else before we get to our next question? If I can make a very clunky Bad Batch reference, uh, Keith, you're making me feel like a like a Gen One clone here. Starting to feel. Starting to feel like I'm not quite, not quite the the newest off the line anymore. <laughs> oh, oh, I, I've I've already started feeling that with um, uh, I don't know if either of you know uh, it's uh, the Bombad cast, but uh, one of them is a teacher and his students yes. often come on the live stream, uh, and uh, every week and they always make me feel uh, exceedingly old, even though I'm <laughs> the youngin of 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 that group just generally. So it's it's definitely interesting to see how different people of all ages perceive the saga um but how did father son galaxy start yeah ah well it's a simple answer to that my mom so what happened was this was in 2020 pandemic had just hit and mandalorian season two was there to comfort us oh what was it season one that was 2019. season one yeah 20 2020 season one i think yeah and you know we would watch it and after every episode we'd sit down at the dinner table and we would talk about it and my mom she's just there just like smile recording us as we're talking at the dinner table about yeah. the mandalorian and we episode. had no knowledge of this and then this got uploaded to facebook and then by the time we knew about it it was already too late <laughs> and then mom was like you should start a podcast and we're like no and then, like a couple of weeks later, me and Dad and Maceo, we come home, and all of a sudden, this we have all is the set equipment up. already set up. 
Tanya bought all the equipment, uh, everything, the microphones, the camera, and she set everything up on her own. And I, you know, we came home and, you know, and mom's it was just like, you're doing, you're doing a, a podcast. podcast. So that's it. That's how it started. So our first episode was back in March of 2021. So we're, you know, we're approaching two Come years now. Yeah. Yeah. So it's been a lot of fun. It's still fun. Absolutely. And I, I, I also identify with that because we are also a pandemic podcast too. And we actually technically started a little bit before the pandemic, but nobody listened to us before the pandemic. And like, we didn't really hit our stride until like, uh, just a little earlier than both of you. I think it was like summer 2020, fall 2020, that sort of yeah. era. But I think it did a lot for, I think it did a lot for podcasts and, and everybody I've talked to who started, who started a podcast either then or even before then talks about how the pandemic, because everybody was at home, because everybody was, um, had so much more free time like how it like really changed the scene of star wars podcasts forever basically yeah yeah i think it became a great way for people to find alternative alternative ways for people to connect with one another and i think that i hope that that's something that is going to be really enduring um in in this scene long after um long after covid finally uh goes by the wayside fingers crossed yes. um, fingers crossed because yeah i found a lot of amazing connections and i, lo I love your guys' story that's amazing because we had a similar um because eli came to me one day you know we've been friends long long before and he 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 kind of said to me jacob we talk so much about star wars why don't we try out a podcast and i think I think what made it work and what made it fun is that it's just a natural continuation of the passion and that's what I see in you guys as well as it's a natural continuation of this amazing multi-generational passion that so many people can engage in and share with one another, one another and come together over. Yeah. Thank yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah. It's uh yeah, I guess, you know, the pandemic just allowed us, well, I can only speak for myself, but it allowed me to rethink, you know, what's most important to me now, you know, besides my family, you know, what, what are some of the things that I want to do now? that makes me happy and it has always been star wars for me and it's um it's just as satisfying to know that i passed my love of star wars down to my son and that's something that we enjoy doing it's a family bonding time you know and you know with my i have a younger son his name is maceo and we do a uh, story time with him so yeah we'll have him on the podcast occasionally right now we're reading the uh, golden books yeah so we're reading the gold the same golden books that keith read we're reading them to Maceo as well, you know, so it, it really is family bonding. And um, I'm just so glad that, um, uh, you know, that we have this opportunity to even have a voice and to talk to other people about Star Wars and to, uh, you know, just share our love for it with just not just for us, but, you know, with other people out there, you know, and we all have the same story and situation, but the pandemic really um, changed a lot of lives, you know, changed um, how we think and what we need for ourselves and um, what's best for us. Very, yeah. very well said. I couldn't, I could not agree more. I think, yeah, the podcast for me, I think it just showed me truly how much is out there in terms of the connections that we can make. And when we went, like when we went to celebration, I, my heart was just full. I was just beaming ear to ear the whole time seeing so many people you know i i just remember this one moment with um 
I think it was Brian from the Pink Milk podcast. Yeah. If you guys know, they're they're wonderful. They do some wonderful, wonderful stuff over there. Uh, I saw him and just went, Jacob, and he came up to me and gave me a big bear hug. And I was like, oh my gosh, what have I got myself into? Like meeting all these people, it was, oh my gosh. It's just such an amazing thing. And yeah, I'm I'm so glad that we're still able to 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 move it forward and uh, and to spread the love. I'm really happy that we're here. Yes. Um so uh do we want to get into these incredible bad batch episodes because yeah. these are some some weighty episodes we got right here. Um Battle Scars is like holy cow, that's that that it is you know, I knew we were getting into these episodes soon and I was thinking to myself Oh, I'm gonna have so much to say about this, and 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 absolutely, I'm sure all of us do. Um, where do we want to start with battle scars? Because they're going to Braca, they're going to. Um, it's so weird earlier in the timeline seeing Braca because we know we're going to get to it in Jedi Fallen Order. Um, uh, they're going to Braca. They're going to remove the batches chips. Um, the inhibitor chips have become have have caused too many problems for them. <laughs> and uh where what i'm gonna uh leave the field open uh mm -hmm. if anyone wants to uh share their thoughts first sure yeah uh do you want to go you no you go okay so <laughs> okay <laughs> go ahead i think this is a really good episode i'm glad we got to finally have their inhibitor chips removed because i was just nagging me yeah especially wreckers yeah, with the headaches. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like, oh! yeah. Like the entire the entire show record record my man record he suffers he suffers so much. Yeah, it's yeah. um we were talking a few episodes ago. I think this was with the end of uh replacements where the inhibitor chip was just starting to come up, um and uh Jacob and I were joking at the end. We were like, Wrecker has a headache. That means nothing. I'm sure that's nothing. I'm sure that's not going to come up in any way in the season. And it's that creeping build of when is when when are these? You know, we talk a lot about we talk a lot so far with the Bad Batch about the ideas of like the same and like the sameness and then the individuality of like when are these free thinking individual clones going to turn into those automatons, those like robots. Um, the very droids they've been fighting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, we, yeah, I, like Keith, I was concerned about Wrecker, you know, we know, yeah. okay, well, where, where is this going to go? Like, is he going to uh, snap at any moment? Uh, is he What's going he to start team? repeating good soldiers follow orders um, and try to go after his, his teammates? Um, we didn't know. Uh, so yeah, like, we, we at did, any given moment, yeah. record could have just been like, oh, exactly right. Like, like, but we knew at some point it would come to an early end. Yeah, at some point he had to have the chips removed, right? Yeah. Uh, and then we also knew that you know we were going to see Rex uh, appear. So trailer. this sorry trailer. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. yeah. We didn't know exactly when he was going to appear, but this makes sense that he would be the one to show them. How what to, to do, how to get them removed, where you have to go to get them removed. Yeah, so. his in exactly. Yeah, and, and and it's an interesting gambit they go to to try and go to one of the those downed Jedi cruisers on 
Baraka, and th this is a weird show for me because this is, like, I think the first thing we've covered on In a Galaxy that I remember, like, doing the show when it came out. Like, l like I I wasn't alive when The Phantom Menace came out. Um, I wasn't, uh, I wasn't, like, I wasn't doing the show when The Clone Wars originally started to come out. This is, like, but I remember thinking, oh, I remember at the time thinking, oh, they're gonna wait till the end of the season to do this inhibitor chip thing. They're gonna have it build tension throughout the entire season, and then they're gonna trigger it at the end. And then, uh, Rex shows up, and they're like, okay, we're going to Brock and remove the chips. I'm like, already? Wow. Gutsy. Yeah. Yeah, it's like the elephant in the room, right? So you know they have to address it you know, at like, some you point. You know, you know it's coming. You just don't know when. It's like a ticking time bomb. You have no clue when it's going to go. Off. Yeah. So rather than stretch it out to the end of the season, I think they figured, okay, yeah, well, just been let's just risky. address it. Let's get it out the way, and then we can move on to their next adventure. Yeah. Absolutely. I uh, like. Yeah. Go sorry. Ahead. Go ahead. No. I like the placement um, of when they decided to do it. I think. You know, it, had it gone on longer, we would have gone to a point of, oh, oh we just do it already. Um, but I think it was at a, it came at a good moment because the first part of the season, I think, is very much, or what I what I kind of noticed the most in this rewatch is seeing Omega and seeing her journey from an outsider to becoming part of the batch, and you know, we could we could talk all day about what this means for Hunter specifically as he kind of becomes her space dad. And, and there's a lot in this episode about that and, you know, him dealing with that. But I think also seeing Omega's response to it and seeing how even as Hunter or even as, even as Wrecker, sorry, under the influence of the chip, even as Wrecker is trying to kill her at that last moment, she says, no, I'm your friend. Don't do this. And she doesn't, she doesn't try to shoot him. And then, seeing how she is able to still forgive him and and understand obviously she understands about the inhibitor chips i think it's a great way to kind of show where omega now stands as part of the family that we've kind of created in the show they build those stakes with the whole like you know it's about the like I love that scene in the beginning where they share the mantel mix, um, because it really sets them up. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, Regger Wrecker is that like, I feel like he's that uncle figure. He's that like he's the fun uncle figure, um, but he genuinely cares for this kid, and you it is I feel like it's put in there to show us exactly how much the inhibitor chip can do, and uh, especially like if um, jumping a little bit ahead uh, to reunion. Uh, there's that scene that I'm I, I'm finding it more and more interesting as time goes on with when they're cornered on the Jedi cruiser by Crosshair and his troops, and um and Hunter goes to Crosshair Crosshair don't do this you're not thinking clearly uh like what are you doing and then Crosshair's like you know what I'm not gonna shoot at you guys that would be too nice aim for the girl um where it's it's one of those things where if he was, like, aim at the whole squad, like, I would get that because he's against them. But, no, he chose the extra cruelty of aim for that young girl. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's it's one of those things where it's, like, I feel like it's not – It's I feel like the, the inhibitor chip isn't just the bad option. It's the cruel option. Right. Right. Very good point. Right. Yeah. He went for the heart, actually. You know, he knows Hunter, how much 
Hunter and the rest of the team feel about uh, Omega. Omega. And so, of course, you know, you're going to, you know, you want to, when you want to hurt someone, you know, you go after someone that's pers something personal or someone personal. Um, so that's exactly what he did, you know, and or uh, tried to do or try to do. Right. That's right. Right. And, uh, you know, when we get to episode eight, you know, as to what happened and when Omega gets captured, um, you know, we know that, you know, Hunter's going to go after her, you know, of course, that's obvious, you know, because they have this connection with with Omega, all of them does. And going back to what you're talking about with their relationship, uh, Wrecker and Omega's relationship, yes, they did set that up perfectly because we know that, you know, Wrecker would never want to hurt uh, Omega, you know, but but if you're under the influence of the inhibitor chip, you don't know what's going to happen. So I think that's what made it so um, thrilling and compelling, you know, like, okay, well, you know, is he really going to hurt her? I know he doesn't know what he's doing or what's happening, but is he going to hurt her? And hope, uh, apparently that's not what happened. So we're glad that, you know, what took place uh, ended up differently than what we expected. It yeah. could have been worse. Um, Imagine but, if they left us there. Yeah, yeah. But, Imagine yeah. if they just closed in on that shot and like that was how the episode ended. Right, yeah. That yeah. would be a crazy ending. Yeah. Wow. It, it would be. And there's that line from Wrecker talking about that Order 66 breakdown when they're trying to remove the chip. Um, there's like when he when uh, when he first starts getting it, like the when the chip starts really activating him, he goes, you are in direct violation of Order 66. And it... it doesn't sound like him it has yeah. the exact tone of his voice but it doesn't sound like yeah. him and it is this it, it shows how this inhibitor chip is just like it removes all senses of personality it removes all senses of individuality in these clones they're like we were talking about a few episodes ago they're assets oh. to be moved around they're not people yeah to we go back saying. yes yeah yeah to go back to what you were saying Kerwin. i think Part of what makes it so compelling, as you were saying with Wrecker, is that when the inhibitor chip goes off for um, for Crosshair, um, you know, he already kind of, he is already not the nicest guy. You know, he's a little, he's a little cold. He's a, he's a little mean, you know. Um, but then we see this, so when we see someone as, goofy and lovable and kind um as wrecker and we see him get completely transformed we see him go from the record we know to you know like really really scary like i'm on the edge of my seat when he's closing in on omega i think that really drives home the point and and how um as to what rex was saying you know how actually how dangerous the chip can really be that's right Exactly. I have a question for all of you, and this is one of the great things I feel like about covering a show like The Bad Batch at this point, because we almost has never done, I think it's the first time we've done uh, content that we know is not finished yet. We've done Star Wars that we know is not done yet, and uh, this is a question that's never really answered in uh, the episode, so I wanted to throw it to the floor, and I, I, was, I actually said in my notes, I'm like, I'm interested to see what Jacob and Keith and Kerwin, Kerwin were going to think about this. And that's Rex gives that speech to um, Hunter at the end of the episode in the moonlight about, oh, there are other people out there who believe in the Republic. And we know that the Rebellion is a pretty late development in the Empire era. 
Like, we are just now seeing the very, very roots of it in Obi-Wan Kenobi and Andor. Um, I want to know who everybody thinks Rex is talking about. Because he's clearly talking about somebody. And all of the answers I was thinking about were, like, drawing blanks. Because I don't think, like, does, I don't think he knows Bail Organa that well. Like, I, I don't think, like, as we already see in Season 1 of Andor, Mon Mothma's not absolutely 100% down with the Rebellion at that point. Um, like, he doesn't think Obi-Wan's alive. Yeah. That's a very... Ahsoka. Yeah, that's a very... Right, yeah, that's a very good point. He knows I, Ahsoka's alive. That's right, true. true, true. Now, before Andor um, and, and the Obi-Wan Kenobi series, yes, you're right. I actually thought the... Um, the rebellion started to form a long time ago, further than 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 what it is. Uh, so I was actually thinking what you were thinking. I was thinking he was talking about Bail Organa. He was talking about um, on Mothma and, <laughs> and, no. and Ahsoka. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Other than, outside of Ahsoka, I don't know who else there could be um, yeah, yeah, at that made, point. It's also yeah. made complicated by the fact that we know from Rebels that I, I'm not sure if we know this, but I feel like the implication was made in that season two episode where Ahsoka reunites with Rex that they hadn't seen each other since the Clone Wars. Mm. So, like, it, and I'm, my brain was, like, going all over the place. I was like, could it be Hondo? Could he be talking about Hondo? Mm. I'm like, look, that sounds crazy, but do we have any other better options? Yeah. <laughs> no. That's a very good point. Yeah. I don't know if that's that was intentional or maybe the timeline is a little bit off. Or maybe uh, they just wanted to like name drop and get people thinking. Right. I mean they did that clearly. Yeah. Yeah, no, and, they they got people thinking with this. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's interesting because um, you know, like again, you know, at the time when the 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 series ended for the Bad Batch, we didn't have Obi-Wan, we didn't have Andor. But I was thinking season two would take place with the batch joining Rex with the rest of uh, the, the rebellion or whoever they are. So um, I don't know what's going to happen now in season two if the rebellion is not really quite there. You know what else no, is five five BBY right? Uh, That's so when the rebellion. Goes. So who is Rex working with? We don't know. That's a good question. And then like maybe some. Go some ahead, yeah, people, some some people, people. That we may not know. Okay. Yeah, maybe yeah. maybe we'll get some new characters, or maybe it's Tala. I don't know if you thought about that. Tell us who Tala is. I'm not sure. Remember from Obi Wan? Yeah, Tala. The oh, that's a really good point, Keith. That's a really good point. Oh, I um, see. Right. Okay. Right. They yeah, were, yeah. you know, posing as the Empire, but they were actually working for yeah. the the rebellion. Yeah. At this good point, point, yeah, Rebel Cell still exists. True. Yeah. But, yeah. And, just, and I was. And I was thinking, actually, wait, I, I was thinking about Tala for a second, and I'm like, wait, wasn't she, I think she was already, I think she might already be part of the Empire this time. Like, I think she might be legit part of the Empire this time. Uh, because I, because he, she was talking about the whole thing with the Inquisitors and how they were like, and, and how she was leading a, she was the Stormtrooper, right? She was, no, yeah, I was like, was Roken the Stormtrooper or was she the Stormtrooper? No, wait, it was her that was the Stormtrooper. She was an imperial officer. She was an imperial officer. She was yeah. pretending. I thought she was actually pretending to be an imperial officer, but all this time she was working for for the for the rebels. But it could have been that she was, like you said, uh, working for the imperials, and then decided at some point that she was going well, to turn. Well, she says that in the show. She says yeah. like there are those inquisitors who are hunting down force sensitives, and then 
I was like, I, I was watching them kidnap this child from their family, and I'm like, I can't do this anymore. Uh-huh. Um, and uh, no, it's it's really interesting because all of the answers we have lead to more questions. <laughs> They're like, um, and and I feel like we have all of the people who like we know have that those rebel tendencies we've already seen them like like cham and the sindula family later in the season like uh, like caleb who um uh who who hunter lets go um it's a really interesting question and i think um i actually i actually definitely can see um i wonder if they might like put characters from newer shows in the bad batch now like I yeah, wonder I'm... if Roken could be in the Bad Batch. That's the first one that comes to mind. I got a theory for y'all. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you thought about this, but maybe Rex was talking to Cham or about Cham. So it could have been Cham. That 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 is a good because yeah, that's actually a really good theory. Right? Yeah. Yeah, Rex yeah, could we be know... talking to, to Cham. Yeah, that's true. We know Cham was already active. We know Rex yeah. had a little bit of interaction. Yeah, they've met with Cham. Yeah, that that is. Actually, yeah, I just I thought think of another one. It actually one. could be Cham, yeah. It, it could be Cham, and I thought of another revolutionary figure like Cham that we've already seen in this season, which is Saw. I wonder if Rex was talking about Saw. Well, Guerrero. Yeah. yeah. Guerrero's a little far out for Rex to be working with. Mm. Y- you know, he's extreme. That, yeah, he is extreme, and and mm. I I've, I I do believe that, but like it's it's one of those things where. Maybe Rex just does believe at that point that, that that much drastic action is needed to bring back the Republic. Um, I mean, uh, Jake and I were talking about this earlier, and and I I totally believe that like this is an era that we have not really explored that much. You know, we talk about people have talked so much about like oh we we've been over exploring the 19 years between Sith and A New Hope, and I'm like. No, we've been very heavily exploring the nine years between like solo Obi Wan Kenobi territory and A New Hope, but the the first nine ten years of the Empire, we have Bad Batch, we have Fallen Order, we have the Darth Vader comic, and that's it. Um, yeah. So we're in a lot of uncharted territory here. So it really There's could be anything. They have a lot of room to work with. There's a lot of directions. There's a lot of directions that they could go. That's for sure. Yeah, there's a lot of left and right turns people can make here. Yeah, and and I remember there was this there there was this one um figure in Legends. I don't even remember the name, but like there was like I remember there was like a history sort of like text about it, and there was like you know this guy was seen as an early figure of the rebellion, but he uh against the Empire, but he disappeared. And I definitely could see like failed rebellions popping up, and I wonder if that could be an option if there there are like people who try to resist against the empire but don't have enough um people or ammo or money or all that kind of stuff rest in peace <laughs> yeah <laughs> Oof. um but uh anything else i, I want to pass it over to anyone else about um battle scars um before we mm-hmm. go to reunion well, you know, yeah, before we do, I just wanted to mention that I, I recall throughout the season that there were scenes uh, in the episodes that always, to me, referred to something else I've already seen. For example, a different, uh, another movie. Um, so in this one, we were talking about Wrecker and how his inhibitor chip 
uh, activated and he started chasing after uh, Omega it reminded me of the Terminator. You know what? Yeah, yeah. You so said I that know when we did the episode. Yes, right. Yeah. Um, so I always, I don't know if that's intentional or maybe that's just me because I've just seen these movies. Um, but I always feel like they have they a recall. Out. Yeah, there's just some kind of recollection to something I've already seen. So, and the same thing happens in episode eight when we talk about uh, the next episode as well. There's something that takes place that reminds me of a movie that I've seen. So, yes. So that yeah. was it. Yeah. It, no, it's it's interesting, and, and Star Wars does have a lot of those um, influences. I know, and I was I was actually thinking, I wonder if this if this was what you're talking about because there was an introduction of a certain character next episode mm -hmm. that felt very Western to me. Exactly. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, and and that is actually so. Uh, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. That is probably my and I and I really don't like that character normally. <laughs> but I, that is my favorite scene from this season, honestly. It is, it is, I, I don't think it's really even particularly close. Um, but it, uh, but we'll get to that when we get to that. Um, Jacob, Keith, anything else for? Nope. Bowser's? Um, I, I think that the, when I was, when I was thinking about, thinking about, um, about this episode in preparation, I thought the name Battle Scars is very apt, you know, as my, my favorite character, Kanan Jarrus, says, uh, "Battles leave scars, some you can't see." And I really enjoyed in the in this episode how they kind of brought back some of the the fear and the confusion of Order sixty six. And I liked how we get to see the clones dealing with their sadness and dealing with their grief. I also really liked that they went to Braca. I think yeah. the setting the setting was very apt that we have this symbol of the Republic that we see so much in the Clone Wars, the Jedi Cruiser, the Venator, all of a sudden it's 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 rusting, it's it's falling apart. It's gone. Yeah, it's yeah. gone. Just like just like the Republic. It's they're kind of they're living in this in between where they're still serving the past that no longer exists. So I'm I'm very interested to see how it plays out going forwards based on that. Uh, I was also going to say, and I, I feel like I'd be um, remiss if I didn't mention this, this is a weird coincidence that um, a friend of the show, uh, Connor from the Nerd Academy podcast in For the Republic, he and I were talking about this the other day, and we noticed something which is really weird, that Jedi Fallen Order obviously starts on Bracca. Um, and Battle Scars obviously also takes place on Bracca. Um, and we have also learned that before the release of Jedi Survivor, or around the release of Jedi Survivor, there is a companion book being released, uh, by, uh, by Sam Maggs. And, uh, the title of the book is Jedi Battle Scars, which mm. is a really strange coincidence if it's a coincidence. And I'm starting to believe it isn't. Um, and I wonder if maybe in the book um because we know it's taking place in between fallen order and survivor i wonder maybe if we could see the bad batch in jedi in jedi battle scars oh like, it absolutely like tinfoil hat theory but it's but it just made me wonder um but if we're ready should we go on to a reunion sure yes Oh my god. Reunion is so I'll, I'll just I'll just establish this. Reunion is my favorite episode this season. 
it's it just it just hits the spot it it just it just does it i don't know and this is just a overall thing for season one music i don't know what they they asked kevin kiner to do with the season's music but it is the most edgy epic like dark synth like i don't know what they asked him to do but it's fantastic yeah absolutely yeah the music fit every scene and every mood in the episode like there wasn't a single scene that had music that didn't fit like when um like when crosshair is in there and he's about to shoot up the bad batch the music was perfect there when they're inside the engine crosshairs firing it up that music was also perfect like the kevin kiner perfect scoring for the entire show. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I could not I could not agree more, Keith. I could not agree more. It, I love the music here. Yeah. The Bad Batch has some some really, really fascinating and like the I I feel like we should just get to this. The Western music when Cad Bane shows up, because I feel like we are going to get to this eventually. Um I remember watching that episode, I'm like like the first episode the first half I was like, Oh, this is really good. And then we see there's that incredible pan up shot from the clone helmet on the ground and the clone's dead. And we pan up to, to see him just lo- the clone lying on the floor. And I'm like, uh oh, who killed him? Who <laughs> killed him? Uh, and then um, Hunter and Omega basically copy that and they go, oh, oh no, who killed these people? And then it pans over. And for the first time in nine years, we see Cad Bane again nine years almost a decade now. almost a decade since we saw cad bane for the last time and you know most of us who uh were into the like clone wars unfinished designs thought he was dead uh and it is we we have gone through with the bad batch and now the book of boba fett i feel like we have gone through a cad bane assance yeah. uh is the only way to say it yeah, um like that <laughs> and and um and it's it's the way they brought him back so naturally it's the way they brought back toto 360 along with him so yeah. naturally i love um, toto toto 360 is fantastic um and my favorite part is that they brought they brought cad bane's new ship into it which he was given for the unfinished arc um uh with boba fett in the clone wars called the justifier um and i, I even though his old ship that? Uh, sorry, what was that, Keith? It's a Lego set. Oh, yeah. No, absolutely. I saw it. I saw it, yeah. yeah. Um, it, looks, it looks very nice. Yeah. Save Even though there. I like the Xanadu Blood, which was his old ship very much, um, the Justifier just looks cool. Um, and uh, it's so interesting to have Bane back into the mix, basically being his own, his old Cad Bane self. It's one of those things where Cad Bane doesn't really have an arc as a character, and you don't really need him to because he's Cad Bane. He can do whatever he wants. Um, uh, I, I also just love that, um, the last part of me rambling about Cad Bane, which is, I love that he brings back his old catchphrases. I love that he, he says Cad Bane at your service to Hunter. And I love that he, he says too, it to Omega too. He says it, he says yeah. it twice. Or maybe, no, maybe that's does. in the next episode, oh, but I, I, he doesn't, I he doesn't, he doesn't miss an opportunity. Yeah. He does not miss <laughs> an opportunity. And the other one, I love how he calls Omega little lady because he does that to every woman in uh, the Clone Wars, and I find that hilarious. Yeah, yeah, he's uh very polite. Yeah, yeah, he did that to Ahsoka. Yeah, and I'm like, yeah, I, you know, how 
I, I'm trying to remember how many times you've heard uh, Star Wars described as, well, depending on, you know, the character you're, speak, uh, you're speaking about, it's described as a Western, you know, because, yeah. you know, you have a lot of um, these uh, quick draw people with blasters, you know, mm -hmm. there's always that showdown or, they're, you know, staring down on each other from the very beginning you know, with Han Solo and Greedo um, at the cantina, you know, to me, that's something out of a Western film. So it, it just makes sense. It just fits right into Star Wars, Cad Bane. Um, and you're right. He doesn't need to be a major star. He just comes in with a cameo. And you hear that guitar solo and, you know, his, his presence is felt, you know, so yeah. Absolutely. And that's actually another thing I love about the Banaissance specifically, this era of, of Cad Bane, is that when we were first introduced to Cad Bane in the Clone Wars, he was often facing off against people like Obi-Wan Kenobi and Anakin and all those those high-level, upper-echelon Jedi. Now they're all gone. <laughs> and again, when he was facing off of them uh, against them, it, he was like, oh no, this guy's a, a big threat, but we can sort of take care of him. Now, there's no Jedi around. Um, and this guy is not a major threat anymore. He is a death wish. Like, if if you want to avoid dying in the face of him, you got to be really, really careful. Um, and also draw really quick. Yeah, yeah. Also have to draw really quick, which I think that um, I'm trying to think. Uh, Hunter doesn't. Uh, I was. I'm trying to remember now. In the name of honor, does Boba? I don't think Boba does. I think Cad draws before Boba. I, I know Cad draws before Cobb Vanth. Um, oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Unfortunately, said to draw quick. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, absolutely. It's... Don't they? Sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. Finish. Okay. Oh, okay. I think they give a nod to um the unfinished arc as well because we see him. He has the uh the plate, the metal plate on his head, yeah. um, which I think is their way of of telling us the unfinished arc. Look, it happened, but you're not getting it. Yeah. It's so weird. I was gonna discuss that too, and um, I, I I'd love to know if you guys how much you guys know about the that arc. It's it's just so weird because they reference it in book two. They reference that there's that I, I'm not a little boy anymore that Boba says to Cad Bane, um, and it's weird that they're referencing something that never that doesn't exist that like never got released as a story. It's it's such a strange conundrum there. Mm -hmm. Well, I had no idea this unfinished art even existed. Yeah, I it, think we have to read it now. It, it, it's it's not unfortunately. I think it's available on Wikipedia. Like Wikipedia has some details of it, but I don't think it's like actually available anywhere. It, ah. It's we know very little about it. We know that Cad Bane was rivals with Django before his death, um, mm -hmm. and that he never got to see who, uh, and he was as big as apparently Cad Bane was a big Star Wars fan, so he was. Uh, he wanted to know who would win in a fight, Cad Bane or Django Fett, but he never got to see before Django d died. And so he's like, I'll just train Boba, and we'll see who would win in a fight, me or Django, or Django. Um, and they had this duel. Also, all this takes place on Tatooine, because of course it does. Um, and uh, Cad Bane got shot in the head, which is why that we we're talking about, uh, Django was talking about the plate, why the plate's there. Yeah. And then... Uh, I we I think this was at a different celebration. I think this was like a few years ago at celebration. I remember seeing this clip of I was I wasn't there. I I remember like the playback of it though on YouTube or something like that. But um, it was 
they both drew at the same time, and they both landed a shot against each other, and Boba's shot landed on his helmet, which is that, which is the explanation for that dent he has in the original oh. trilogy. Oh. Um, wow. And... Cool connection. It, it, it is, and all of it's gone now. <laughs> it, it's so weird that they just... They they just sweep it under the rug like that. Yeah, yeah but it sounds like a great story though to 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 know about. Yeah, but oh, yeah, absolutely. We, yeah, yeah, we need to look into that. Yeah, yeah. Like, can we shout out Corey Burton, the voice? Oh yeah. I mean, he's just fantastic. He's, I know he voices even in live action. Even in live action, you know, it's just there's something about his voice. You know, he's just very yeah. intimidating. Oh, absolutely. I remember the first time, uh, and, and this was an or, or um, this was originated by Temuer Morrison in The Mandalorian. But I remember when Corey Burton said it in the Book of Boba Fett is that great quote, if that isn't the crack to calling the stifling slimy. I'm like, <laughs> perfect delivery. No notes wouldn't change things. That was wonderful. <laughs> it, it's, I, it's fantastic. Um, I'll, I'll bring up something else that I think is, that I think is, has not been noticed enough in the Disney Star Wars era about specifically the TV, which is that, the Star Wars action sequence in with 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 like the new Lucas the new Disney Lucasfilm uh, TV has gone like off the walls. We've gotten some of the greatest Star Wars action I think ever in Star Wars TV. I'm thinking of the like the one I'm thinking of in this episode is the Ion Engine. Like if oh, you had told yeah. me if you had told me that a bunch of clones were going to try and hide from the Empire in the engine of a Star Destroyer. Like that's ridiculous, and it works so well. Um, yeah. I'm also thinking like the escape from uh, the eye in the the escape from the uh, um uh the the end of the heist um oh, the escape from yeah on Aldani in Andor. I'm thinking of the Mudhorn in the second episode of The Mandalorian. Um, I'm thinking of uh the first episode of Book of Boba Fett where uh Boba is. Uh, Boba is almost killed by the Order of the Nightwind. Um, like, what have they done with these action sequences? Because they just yeah. keep getting better and better. Yeah, yeah, the train sequence in uh, oh, episode two yes. of Boba Fett. You know, with the uh, with the uh, they just they were just like knocking people out the yeah. window. So, yeah, that yeah. was that was just amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that was yeah. Really good. Yeah. And and I I don't think it's a I I it's I don't know who they're getting to do these stunts, but it's just fantastic. Um, all the way through. Uh, the one show I didn't... I'm trying to think of like a good action sequence in Obi-Wan. Because um, that's the one show I didn't mention. But I'm like, you know, Obi-Wan as good as it is. And again, it's my favorite It's my favorite Star Wars TV show of all time, probably. Maybe Clone Wars, but, uh, but probably Obi-Wan. It's not like... It's not about that. It's not about the action sequence. It's, it's about the heart of the characters and stuff like that. Um, but... That's something else I wanted to. I'm I'm trying to see if there's anything else I have for this episode with the ion cannon. Um, oh, I guess I'll bring this the one thing up and then I'll pass it on to all of you. Um, there's that conversation that Tech and Omega have before all this happens on the deck of the Star Destroyer. Tech, what was the war like? And Tech gives that very matter-of-fact answer. It was a, it was a, it was a series of mission objectives in a battle, and blah blah blah. And she goes, "No, but what was it like?" And there's 
it, it was a really interesting conversation because even though she was alive for all of it, Omega really never saw it. It's it's really interesting. Um, open it up to all of you, Jacob, Keith, Kerwin. Yeah. Oh, by Anything the way, else? guess how old Omega is? I forget exactly. 10, 11? It's one 10, of those. correct. Okay. Yeah, because I, I know it's one of those two. Um, yeah. Yeah, in regards to... Just uh, vibing. Yeah, in regards <laughs> to that conversation, yeah, I thought it was very interesting because, you know, Tech is very... Um, he's straightforward. You know, he's almost like a computer. You know, like he'll give you... You, know, you ask him a question, he'll give you a textbook type of encyclopedia answer, you know, but he doesn't go into anything that relates to feelings. You know, so when she says, uh, well, what was it like? Uh, you know, to me, it's okay. What was your experience? You know, personally, yeah. what did you experience in the war? And he couldn't do that because he's just not that type of person. It's, it's interesting that she would ask tech uh, well, that he, question, right? Like, you know, yeah. knowing. Wrecker, uh, yeah. Could even ask Echo yeah. for all I care. Yeah, so it was she very... went to tech, the one person who's going to give her a robotic answer. Right. So I, I find it interesting that she asked that question to tech, who is the, the, yeah. the least yeah. personal. Of, of what all. answer was she expecting? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the most uh, pragmatic of the yeah. team. Actually, yeah. to your point, Keith, um, actually, I was thinking, like, Echo might be a really interesting point of view, because he was that regular soldier until he went boom at the Citadel, and then they rescued him from Skako Minor all those years later. Um, okay. Yeah, I, uh, I, I wrote at the end of my notes, just, is Reunion uh, the best episode of Bad Batch Season 1? Yes, yes, it is. That's, that's all I it's, I'm like, there's no denying it. Um, uh, but does everyone want to get to uh, Bounty Lost? Yeah. And again, like, uh, you know, just it. to wrap up uh, episode eight, as I was saying that, you know, there's always, a, to me, a recollection to a previous movie. Here again, we talked about a Western. Oh um, so the showdown with Cad Bane and Daniel Hunter Morricone. came right out of uh, uh, a Sergio Leone movie called Once Upon a Time in the West, down to the music. I mean, Kevin Kiner, he's just so talented. But, yeah, you know, if yeah. you, I don't know if you've ever seen that movie, but I highly recommend it. Um, but when you Did see the it? finale, uh, we'll see, you know, well, maybe, you know, it's, it's, it's not too bad, but it's still violent. Um, but if you ever see that Jeez. showdown, the finale, I mean, it that's where it just came from. Um, yeah. You know, the the the, the music, uh, the Ennio Morricone, who's the composer at the time, the music, you know, Kevin Kiner actually followed through on that. And that's, that's it was just incredible. I, I, I loved it. So that was my, um, I can't say that it's my favorite episode, but that was my favorite part of this episode. I enjoyed that showdown. the episode. I yeah. think it is my favorite. Okay. It's 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 one of those things where, again, they're like, and and I said uh, earlier that there is no competition, and that's not true. Like there are six of these that I'm like, these all could be number one. Yeah. Um, reunion could definitely be that. Uh, Battle scars on some days could be that, but also bounty lost. The next one nine could absolutely be that because of the absolutely weird and wacky places it goes. Yes. Um, are the both of you ready to talk about some bounty lost? Yes, we are. Yes, we are. Well, that is, it, it, this episode is so crazy. Um, one of the things I want to talk about, and uh, 
Jacob and I both, uh, for uh, we don't release a video of this, so only Keith and Kerwin were able to see this, but Jacob and I both had backgrounds of the planet of Boravio. Yes. This planet is so incredibly fascinating to me mm -hmm. because there is so much we do not know about it. No one really, I don't think, yeah, is, I don't think the name Boravio is ever spoken in the episode. Like, it was. Oh, it was? Yeah, I remember him. I wrote it down in my notes. Yeah, so, yeah, I believe it did. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Then, uh, I, I was, I, I guess it was like later on in the episode. I was, I was yes. just looking. I, I was expecting there was like to be like a approaching Boravio and there wasn't. I'm like, oh, it doesn't exist. But no, it does. Um, I just missed it. But, uh, it's like, it's, it's, there's no, there's no context for it. It's just we're going to Boravio. Right. And Ton Wee is going to be there. Uh, to pick Omega up. Um, and there's that one point in the scene, probably the, the best clue of what we have on, that's going on there, where uh, Omega breaks the glass of the tank, and there's that alien that falls yeah. on to Fennec. Yeah. Um, yeah. Nasty thing. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what that is. Yeah. Uh, again, it's it's one of those things where I don't know what that is. Uh, I don't know if... And I, I I don't know if either of you have seen this or not, but it reminded me of, like, the alien looked like looked weirdly similar to the alien, the species of alien from Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Ooh, never okay. seen them. Yeah. Okay. Okay. It's yeah. Whatever. Um, I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> not there, there, there are not some. Going there. <laughs> there are some. There are some people in um, in my circle, in our circle, who love that movie. Yeah. I wish I could say it was one of them. Mm -hmm. Um. <laughs> Oh, ow! Understood. <laughs> uh, no, no, I know that um, friend of I, our show and friend of uh, your show, um, Alden Diaz, is absolutely cursing me out in the background because I know he loves that movie. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> but uh, it's it, it's so – and actually this was a conversation that Jacob and I were having, so I'll put it to both of you. Mm -hmm. Do you think this has to do with Palpatine in Mexico? You know, I didn't really give it that much thought. When I saw it, to I me, so. it just looked like, okay, let me say this. But when I saw it, it to me, it looked like uh, a Kaminoan. It did. Yeah, and I thought, were, were they cloning themselves is the question I was asking. Um, but why would they do that? I don't know. Um, but it's funny that you mentioned that you think it's something that came out of an Indiana Jones film. To me, it looks like an alien out of Close Encounters. You know, although it's, you know, like, Close Encounters. Yeah, Close Encounters of the Third Kind. It came out in 77. I mean, with the... What's the, Close Encounters? It's a film. It's a, um, uh, these aliens, you know, uh, humans on Earth are expecting that there might be aliens um, existing. Uh, and then they would finally make contact, you know, the aliens make contact with the Earthlings and they have this connection through the music and sound like mars attacks basically yeah something like that yeah but you know when the alien did you see close encounters i've seen part of it I've okay yeah yeah so it just so. reminded me of the aliens that came down the ramp and you know was greeting the the, the humans but yeah i didn't know what it was I, I to me it was just that okay well that looks like a kaminoan and i just yeah didn't really give it that much thought afterwards what did you Here's... yeah go ahead and you thought it was I, I like a Kaminoan. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I kind of thought it was related to Exegol, but it just looked like a Kaminoan. Yeah. Oh, okay. I actually don't think it's related. That's the thing. Jacob and I were talking, and he didn't. He thought it was related to Exegol, and I didn't actually. I'm not sure it's for, like 
I'm not sure what it's for. I'm not sure we'll ever figure out the answer. Um, and it, it's one of those things where, of all of the places you could have chosen to have the epic confrontation between Cad Bane and Fennec Shand, you choose this sky planet with these weird, creepy cloning facilities. That's that's an interesting choice. Yeah, yeah, an abandoned facility. Yeah, an abandoned yeah. facility. Mm -hmm. um, sky. Mm -hmm. Just like going about its business, and yeah. then you know, yeah. some people just come along and you know start yeah. the place up. And, and I, by I, the way, the facility looks so much like Cloud City. You know, the it backdrop. does. Like that's what yeah. I, I was going to say as yeah. well. Yeah, that's yeah. reminded me of Cloud City as well. Yeah. Um, I was also going to mention this incredible detail, and this is, I remember when I saw this episode um, come out, and um, I saw Tonwee's dead body on the floor. I'm like. Wow, they just killed Ton Wee from Attack of the Clones. Yeah. Even crazier is the fact that Ton Wee in this episode is voiced by the original actress, Rena Owen, who played her in Attack of the Clones. They did not just get any regular voice actress. They tracked her down and got her to say a few lines in this episode before killing her character off. Yeah. That is effort right there. That's nice. That's nice. Continuity. I like that. that yeah. yeah. It, it, it is incredible continuity. And... Um, uh, and I, it's, it's, it's fantastic. Um, I really quite, uh, I, I really enjoy that bit of continuity there. Um, let's see what else, anything, um, anything that you two have for the beginning of Bounty Lost? No. Uh, well, I, I, I do actually, so oh. I could, uh, talk about, uh, uh, the 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 brilliance of omega you know like how yeah. she um you know she was captured by 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 bane and she tried to make some type of deal with toto you know he's trying yeah, to fix yeah. himself and she thought okay well you know let me see if i can offer him something that he needs in exchange for him letting me out and that's what exactly what happened so she was very smart and then um, she kind of knocked yeah. the poor droid out. Well, yeah, yeah, she just shut him down, you know. But yeah. you know, that I love that scene. That, that's my favorite part of, of that episode. One of my favorite parts of that episode is where um, Cad Bane's like, where's the girl? And Toto's like, she's right there. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, it, it is that instant realization from Toto. Um, and I remember um, seeing those scenes from Toto and Omega about how Cad Bane treats him. And it, it's it's one of those things where you know you, you this is in a theme theme covered over and over again in Star Wars about like you know Omega has a team behind her she has the batch behind her she has a family behind her but the villains don't care about each other they they will work together if it means achieving the common goal but they don't yep. care about each other and that's why they lose. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, if you band it out with like a league of villains and then want to capture somebody, that ain't work. But like, Crosshair, on the other hand, Crosshair is kind of terrible at his job. Crosshair is not very good. He, at, yeah. These four people and a child managed to evade him at every turn. He comes in with three shuttles and like 50 clone troopers. They escape. And they still manage to get out of there. Yeah. Meanwhile, Crosshair ends up with third degree burns. Yeah. Mentally. Is... <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I forget actually about that topic. I think 
I think we, th- I think the consensus is that that's where his inhibitor chip stopped working, but I'm not sure. Yeah. It's somewhere that's- in there, but. Yeah, they never really explained it clearly whether it was damaged during the fire or. Yeah. Likely so. Yeah. Remember that that weird burn thing he had, like like what Wrecker had in the uh, side of his head? Right. Yeah. Right. So we don't know if that, the chip was taken out at that point or did he have it taken out earlier than that? We don't know. He said he had his chip removed a long time ago, right? But we don't know exactly when that is. Yeah. 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 Give us some details, man. Yeah, that the timeline of that is is really muddled and interesting in that part. Beetle, beetle, puddle, paddle, muddle, puddle, tweedle, beetle, battle. Absolutely. Um, I'm trying to. There was there was something I was just looking at in my notes that I was. Oh, Ming Na Wen. Yes. Ming Na Wen is Fennec Shand. Uh, and I remember when we saw her in the trailers, I'm like, oh, that's cool. They're putting Ming Na Wen in the show as Fennec Shand. Um, and. I like I love how much it was they they had Fennec Shand as a character in this show. They didn't just put Ke- Fennec Shand in the in the show cuz they could. Yes. They 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 put her in for a purpose and actually that leads me to Nala Say. What do you both think of Nala Say because she has some interesting intentions here. Cuz we wow. know that if Omega is brought back to Kamino. Mm-hmm. Um and Lama Su has his way she will they will retrieve whatever they need to retrieve from her and then she's going to be terminated which exactly. seems incredibly evil to do to a child yes right. like these caminoans they just yeah, like they're like, extremely callous mm-hmm. they they don't seem to care a lot they it, it very they're, they're like the it's funny because i think jacob and i were talking about this a few episodes ago where the caminoans like view their clones as assets and they don't think of it, about them as much, like, uh, beyond that. And then the Empire starts using the Kaminoans as an asset. And they're like, whoa, whoa what are you doing? Oh, no, this is what we've been doing the entire time. Oh, no. Um, but oh, I was, boy. Yeah. The tables have turned. Yeah, the tables have turned. Uh, and but, but there was... Oh, yeah, but Nalisei doesn't want Omega dead. Why do you think that Nalisei wants omega to be safe and specifically as she says at the end of the episode in a hollow call to fennec out of the hands of lama su she is a creepy woman and like really cryptic i don't get what nalisa is doing like okay i know she cares about omega but why yeah um i'm not sure but i know it it must have something to do with Obviously, Omega has something or has possesses something that no other clone, that no other clone has, and it is valuable to keep her alive as long as possible, um, right? And then to just terminate her, and I think she's aware of that. That you know, you know, we've been hearing from uh, from the last episode, you know, that how she is the pure DNA of Jangle Fett. Um, you know, the person who has that pure DNA is Boba, Boba but yeah. clearly there's something different between Boba and Omega. Yeah. Um, and I think that's the reason why, uh, you know, Nala say wants to keep her alive because there's something there that she has, like he says, we believe she's force sensitive. Um, I but mean, we ha- that has not come out yet, but I think that's something that is actually is absolutely valuable to them, keeping them alive. 
I can see it would make sense to me if the empire, the emperor wanted to create a clone army you of saw Jedi. the emperor in the season two Jedi. Yeah, of force sensitive clones, right? I think that would that would make sense to me. That would be amazing that you can have not just a clone that is uh, you know a perfect you know uh, target master who can who can fire, but someone who can who can also use the force. I mean, that would be pretty incredible. It, yeah it's interesting so i i'm not for me i'm not like completely sold on the force sensitivity thing i definitely think it's a possibility but mm -hmm. i'm like i'm not sure it's like it's i'm not convinced that it's going to happen but you both provide some pretty strong arguments first of all um and yeah. second of all i i think to i think to palpatine in rise and the efforts leading up to rise where you know that's um have either of you read shadow of the sith uh, no, I, no, I have not. Yes. No, By the way, we actually interviewed uh, D. Bradley Baker and Michelle Ang. I got I got a little bit of an answer. I was told Omega's done some growing, and now she has a helmet. So maybe yeah. we'll see some new powers. Maybe possibly. we'll see. Who knows, right? But you yeah. Know. And then Wrecker crashed the interview. <laughs> <laughs> that 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 that's always fun. Um, no, yeah. but I I know there is a time jump, and I'm excited to see what that. Uh, from season one to two, and I'm excited to see that, what that does for Omega's character. Um, but uh, it's uh, I was thinking of of I, I this is kind of minor spoiler for Shadow Sith, but not really. This is mostly mm -hmm. all explained in the Rise of Skywalker. But uh, you know the reason that that Palpatine wanted Ray so bad is of course because her clone father Dathan uh, was not Force sensitive. And Palpatine needed a Force-sensitive body. And there's been this implication that I really like that you can't just make Force-sensitivity. That Palpatine's always wanted to chase it, but he realized that Force-sensitivity is just like luck of the draw genetics. You can't manipulate that. Hmm. Or at least he can't find a way to manipulate that. Um, but that that's just... that That's just my opinion. And who knows, Omega could turn out to be Force-sensitive. And again... There's there's one of those things like how did she manage to shoot Crosshair's blaster out of his hand? Exactly. That first Good episode. Good point. Like um, if she has pure unaltered DNA, like the other clone troopers were altered and had their growth advanced, yeah. so that you and know she said don't... she never fired a blaster before. That's a little strange. Exactly, because like they didn't need to be trained as much. Like they could just pick up a blaster from day one and be like, "Ooh, great aim." Yeah. You know, whereas Omega, she didn't go through that kind of training. She was just like always working in the lab and never really had the time or was allowed to. So she picked up that blaster and fired it. And I'm like, hold on. That's pretty good. How yeah. did she do that? And she's yeah. had no training like the rest of the batch. They were trained for this stuff. And then Omega just fires a blaster, heads turn. And I'm like, yep. Yeah. yeah, it makes you think. Yeah. Yeah. So. She's Maybe special. She is, she, she is special, and I think there's another thing I'd, I want to mention with her, and we've been talking about her very much in the scope of the hero's journey and how she goes through her own hero's journey, like Anakin, like Luke, like Rey, like Ezra, like all of those characters. But, of course, they're all different in various details. But I feel like this is a big step in her hero's journey because other than that little pick-me-up from the batch at the end, she rescues herself on Varavio. Like, she, that's all her until they pick her up on the flight pod pod she's she 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 is the one who 
who gets herself out of the grip of Cad Bane, out of the grip of Fennec Shand, uh, like, uh, gets Toto through 60 off her, gets into Flight Pod, that's all her. And she is quickly proving that she is as valuable, if not more valuable, of a member of, of the squad than Hunter and Crosshair and Wrecker and Tech. And Echo. And Echo. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, which one am I missing? <laughs> yeah. Um, Cross, yeah. Crosshair just kind of decided he was gonna, they were gonna be here, he was gonna be, you know. Mm-hmm. Further away. Yeah. For, way yeah. Away, and yeah. then I don't get, I don't get why you left because it's, they were like, you don't treat me well. Says the man yeah. always chews on a toothpick and cuts people down. Yeah. 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 But that goes, that's happens yeah. further in the episodes. Yeah. 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 I, yeah. yeah. N- but we'll, we will absolutely get there. Um, anything else from either of you for any of these three episodes before we go on to our in a galaxy interview questions? Uh, no. no, I, again, um, you know, w- when I looked at uh, episode eight and nine, to me, they're like a two-part episode. Um, yeah, so absolutely. it was really well done. And, you know, Fennec Shan, like you said uh, about Fennec Shan, no, they, they, they didn't just throw her in there just to say, hey, Fennec is here. You know, she had to, um, she had to be a part of the story. It had to make sense in the storyline. And that was great to see her again. And it made sense. That at the very beginning, uh, she was hired by uh, Nalase to look for Omega, and she hired her again because she knew that she had to get Omega before Cad Bane did. Because they were, you know, depending on which bounty hunter found the first, you know, Omega was going to have two different fates. You know, so yeah. I, I thought it was well yeah. done. I love the hand in hand combat with with uh, um, Cad and Fennec. Cad and Fennec and the the the, uh, the the rocket boots. You know how he, you know free falling and then going back up and you know falling backwards back onto the facility that was awesome so yeah wonderful animation yeah it it uh the animation of Voravio, the animation of braca in all of these um episodes is just jacob and i have talked and waxed poetic so many times about season seven and bad batch animation but the amount of detail they've managed to develop on the software that they're using is just breathtaking yeah. and um i I quite love it. Um, but moving on, uh, we have some... We ask every guest on Star Wars in the Galaxy a set of ten questions, and we'll ask both of you these questions. Um, uh, first one, question one. Uh, who is your favorite Star Wars character? Ahsoka. Okay. A good answer. <laughs> Do you want an explanation or why? Yeah, because I watched the Clone Wars when I was really young, and Ahsoka was just like the most relatable character. Also, I got to meet Ashley Eckstein in person at a, the so Fan Expo cool. and Star yeah. Wars celebration. Yeah, That's yeah. fantastic. So did Jacob, actually. Jacob got to take a picture with um, Ashley and Matt and... I got three. And D, I think, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that was pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. For me, it would be Darth Vader, and it's always been Darth Vader, even before the prequel, of course it the prequel be. trilogy. Uh, sorry, the prequel trilogy. Um, I just loved his presence. You know, I just loved that he was very intimidating. I loved the suit and the helmet. I loved that it was voice uh, Vader's voice by Darth Vader. Uh, Vader was, was voiced by James Earl Jones. Uh, so everything about Vader, I, I I just loved him as a character. You just love Vader. Yeah, and I also love the the story arc. You know how he started off being evil and then went back to the light at the end of the uh, uh, Return of the Jedi. 
the original trilogy. Yeah. Um, this one's a, a bit more complicated one, I, I and we've adjusted this question uh, at many points because we know that some people aren't into like rankings and stuff. So, do either of you have a Star Wars movie ranking? If not, like a top five or top All three, right. um, is is absolutely fine. Yeah. Keith is excited. Yeah. I'm excited. You have it already. Do you know? Okay, you have a ranking. I'm still working on mine, so go ahead, Keith. First. So you're going from first to last. First to last. Last to first. Last, last to first. first. The okay. last Jedi. Okay. Last Jedi. Like okay. I I saw the Last Jedi and it didn't really make much sense to me. Like I kind of I enjoyed getting to see it, but it wasn't the best Star Wars movie I've ever seen. And next is the Rise of Skywalker. I was able to see that for my birthday, and I'm like, I need to decompress. Let's get some Legos. And I did get some Legos, and they were all of the Rise of Skywalker. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, you love to see it. Mm -hmm. And I built them all, and I'm like, wow. I still don't get this movie. <laughs> and I think next would be Attack of the Clones. Uh, Anakin just didn't really make much sense. Like he was kind of yelling the entire movie. Okay. And he's like, "Oh, we want to do this. He's holding me back." And I'm like, "When? When did that happen?" Mm -hmm. uh, I can't rank Revenge of the Sith because I haven't actually seen that. Yeah, you haven't seen <clears throat> the entire film. Okay. I guess next is the Phantom Menace, not because I don't like it. But because I have to rank the other ones. And then it's Return of the Jedi. Love that movie. Empire Strikes Back. Even better. A New Hope. The OG. Love it. You'll so love we're just movie. ranking the films. Is that right? Yeah. Just the oh, films. you want okay. to rank the TV shows? No, no, no. Just uh, I was I was also going to say, um, uh, Keith, uh, I don't know if you've seen uh, Rogue One or Solo, but absolutely you can put those in too. Oh, yes. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, that's right. Rogue One is solo. Yeah, exactly. Rogue okay. One is like um, under Attack of the Clones. And Solo is after the Phantom Menace. Okay. I, I like Solo. Okay. Um, I don't have my ranking as of yet, but I can give you, I can probably give you the top five. So let me see. So um, I look, I grew up watching the original trilogy. I'm an original trilogy baby. You know, Me I was too. I was the uh pioneer. So those three films will always be top for me. Um so Empire. So I'll start from the top down. I'll do the top yeah. five. So that'll be the there took you long enough. <laughs> All right. Uh we're still doing the show here. <laughs> yeah. So the Empire Strikes Back is number one for me. Return of the Jedi, number two, uh, A New Hope, number three. The Force Awakens, number four. Did I rank The Force Awakens? Yeah, I think you left out The Force Awakens. Oh, yeah, dang you might have. Yeah, that that's, is that's um, okay. Where would that go? Right under Return of the Jedi. So before or after Return of the Jedi? And the Force. Okay, so, so then, yeah, Force Awakens. Okay, not too bad. Not, not that much different than me. Yeah, so the top five Empire. Return of the Jedi, A New Hope, The Force Awakens, and the fifth one would be Rogue One for me. Okay, yeah. yeah. No, absolutely. Um, it's not top five. No, definitely not top five. Yeah. 
I don't know if we can be friends anymore. No. Okay, yeah, we there, sure. There, there is. Th- th- what I've learned about like Star Wars fans' movie rankings is, um, which like, if you think that there there can be no person who has a specific ranking of Star Wars movies, I promise you there is. Yeah. Um, one of the first Star Wars podcasts I listened to were um were uh. The two hosts' favorite Star Wars movies were Attack of the Clones and Rogue One, which are my bottom two. And I was like, are you kidding me? Mm-hmm. But like, they seriously loved uh, those movies, and, you know, I'm happy for them. Uh, and uh, it, it's it's so it, it's so incredible to see. Like, I've seen, I think, I'm trying to think of a Star Wars movie I haven't seen as somebody's favorite. Uh, hmm. I'm... I don't think I've seen Solo as somebody's favorite, but I think I've seen every single other one of them as somebody's favorite. Um, I see your point. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, and I'm sure Solo exists out there too. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. There are a lot of Solo fans out there. You know. Oh, still absolutely. Waiting. I bring back Solo too. Or make yep. Solo two happen. You make know. Solo two happen. No, absolutely. Yeah, um, uh, for your uh, my third question is. Favorite non-movie Star Wars media that you think people are missing out on? So something other than movies that you think Wars people resistance. are... Mm-hmm. Good one. That, Good one. I love Star Wars Resistance. Keith, so you're good. speaking my language here. Yeah. Um, I have been long praising, and I got basic, I basically got Jacob to watch Resistance um, because he hadn't watched it before I before I was... I kept publicly encouraging him on the show to watch it. Um, and everybody who's listening to this, watch Resistance. It's nowhere as bad as people say it is. Mm. Um, I know that 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 show gets a lot of hate and it's undeserved. So it shouldn't I love it? Yeah. Like why nobody nobody forced you to watch it? There, there yeah. we go. Good point. Good point. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, Kerwin, go ahead. Yes, I. You know, I understand. You know, not that ratings matter, but. Andor is not doing very well for a Star Wars series. Which is amazing. And I think people, people are anticipating it. So yeah, well, I think people are missing out because they're expecting it to be one thing and it's not. Um, they're looking for action. But I am loving Andor and I'm just learning so much from these episodes every week. You know, the dialogue is just top amazing. top of the line. The acting is the best acting I've ever seen yeah. in Star Wars. So I think people are missing out on Andor. Diego Luna is doing great. Absolutely, I mean, it's Eva an all-star. Luna is 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 fantastic. Uh, there are so many great acting moments in the show. Um, I think that everything Stellan Skarsgård does in the show is perfect, especially the way he pronounces Cassian Andor. Oh, absolutely. No, Andor. I I um I tweeted out a few days ago. Um, uh, where is it? I uh, the biggest crime of Andor so far. Has been that Lucid Rail hasn't asked Cassian Ender what his Cassian Plender is. Um, I could not get that out of my head. Um, it, it's, I heard that before. Yeah. Um, it's I, I love Stone Skarsgård dearly. I love um, Genevieve O'Reilly is killing it. Absolutely. Genevieve Absolutely. is is killing it. I'm trying to think of who else. Um, I think her name is Faye Marseille, the woman who plays Vel. Is also yes. killing it. Yes, yes, um, yeah. yeah. Uh, it, it's it's full of those just fascinating characters that you cannot yes. wait to see how their stories unfold. I agree Absolutely. about Andor. Absolutely. Okay. Uh, fourth question is oh, this is a this is a classic one. Um, 
Reveals a lot about people, I feel like. Um, which Star Wars background character is your favorite? Background. Do you define background character? Background character is, like, they don't have a major plot-defining moment yeah. in the movie or show or whatever it is. Um, they don't they don't speak more than a few lines of dialogue. Yeah. They're not a primary character. They might be a secondary or tertiary character. I don't have one. Yeah. Uh, every time I hear that question, the first person that comes Greedo? to mind, no, not Greedo. Interesting. No. Um, it would be Wedge. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Wedge Antilles. Thank goodness he's still alive. Yeah. And I was about to say that. I mean, I was just, Wedge has been able to survive all three. Of the original trilogy shows. He helped survive Luke. He, 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 well, that's true, right? Because he shows up in Rise, Rise of Skywalker. Yeah. Um, and he's he's still Wedge, you know what I mean? And I also uh, think the book is called Resistance Reborn. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it was, a, I, I love that book. It was uh, Rebecca Roan Horse, wonderful book. And he uh, plays a major role in that book. And I just love that character. So I've always been a fan of Wedge because just because he just survived. Uh, <laughs> all three battles. he he fought in all three battles and survived all three battles so like, wedge uh, for me porkins porkins poor porkins, pork yeah. chops. Poor, porkins. <laughs> poor poor porkins poor no, porkins i i haven't read every single star wars book but i have read resistance reborn it's fantastic i love that book um yeah. and and yeah it, it is that is a weird that that book is so interesting because it is like all of like i heard somebody describe it as like the culmination of the new canon and like every new it's like every new canon character from beyond the films like there's like there's zay versio from battlefront in there and there's yendor yeah. from bloodline in there and, uh yeah snap wexley snap wexley yeah like all of the all of the expanded characters are there mm -hmm. it's it that it's a fascinating book yes um, yeah fifth question who is the who in europe what is the, what in your opinion is the coolest star wars species Hmm. Human. Human species? <laughs> okay. Uh, I don't know. Is that your answer? No. Okay. Um, the coolest. I've never been asked that question before. Um, Yodas. The Yodas. The Yodas are. Even cool. though we don't know what that species is, but yeah. yeah that's, everybody that's just cool. calls them the Yodas. Yeah. Baby Yoda yeah. and Yoda and Yaddle, they're all awesome. Yeah. Like Baby Yoda, just everybody loves Baby Yoda. In fact, I just got a flu shot. Yeah. Ah, Baby Yoda. Um, there he is. Yeah. Look at that guy. Yeah. Look at that guy. All he right. Didn't, he didn't get his cookie today. He's <laughs> kind of sad. <laughs> he, he didn't get his macaron today. Yeah. Um, I mean, for me, I would say. I, I love Chewbacca, so I would say the Wookiees. You know, ah. Black Chrysanthemum um, is is cool. Um, I like the you know how they came together in Revenge of the Sith uh, to fight the clones. So I would say the Wookiees for me, coolest species. Fantastic. Um, my next question for both of you: uh, What's your favorite Star Wars planet? Hoth. No. Endor. That would be my second. You love favorite. it. You love it. You love Endor. Yeah, like that's my second. Just, it just reminds me of the Minecraft jungle biome so much, yeah. which is my favorite biome. But like, I absolutely love 
the jungles of Endor. They're so, they're just so lush. And then the tree houses, I love those. Yeah. Great tree village. Can't be beat. Um, if you were in the Star Wars universe, what do you think your job would be? I think I'd be up there with the rebels with a lightsaber in my hand. Two lightsabers, in fact, because I do a wield a lot. But, uh, you know, that would just be awesome to be fighting right next to Luke. Just like, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I see that. Yeah, I do see that. Um, I don't want to be on Tatooine. It's too hot. Yeah, I'm also um, not fighting you, so don't go to the dark side, Dad. Um, I would... I want to get on a speeder bike. Yeah. So whatever I need to do to just get my own speeder bike. You want to be and a I speeder just, bike rebel? I, I, maybe I'll, I'll be a rebel on the ground. You know, I saw I'll be working, you know. Uh, special forces. Yeah, on special forces. As long as I get my own speeder bike. I love speeder bikes. So. Mom, what about you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's our answer. Millennium Falcon. <laughs> Mom wants to be a Millennium Falcon. I, okay. <laughs> I mean, I mean that's a good answer. Um, three I'll questions, three uh, questions left. Our producer just wants to be a passenger on the Millennium Falcon. That that that's totally cool. The we tried to fly the Millennium Falcon. We yeah, crashed at, at so Disneyland. badly. Dis- Chewbacca was yelling at us. We got kicked off the ship. Like yeah. And Dad, you were terrible. I don't well, know what you were doing, but you were like I, posing for animal crackers. Yeah. And I'm I, like fire the weapons. Okay. We're talking about Disneyland. Yeah, yeah we, and here yeah, I am. Just try, I'm right. trying to pull the yeah. ship up, and I'm just like, ah. I, I've only been okay. I've only been to land once since Galaxy's Edge came out, and I was unfortunately the engineer. So, and I wish I could have been like either the pilot or the gunner because I was. I just felt like even though the engineer was fun, like a lot more fun than I thought it was going to be. At the end of the day, it was, hey, this button's going to light up. Press it. <laughs> Three seconds later, hey, this button's going to light up. Press it. It was really just pressing buttons. It didn't mm-hmm. feel like you were like like you were doing things, but you didn't feel like you were doing things. Right. Um, yeah. But yeah. Uh, yeah, I was so amazed. I had no idea what was going on. I was just like in awe. You know, Keith is giving me orders, and I'm just yeah, I'm just looking around like, like wow, this is great. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, That's why the three, ships don't get paid. Three questions left. Uh, uh, first one is. Uh, we have, there's this quote from Lucas, I'm not sure if either of you are familiar with it, but we love this quote around here. Uh, it's from the documentary for Making the Phantom Menace, uh, Phantom Menace. I keep saying Phantom Menace, and I, anyway, I need to get that out of my head. Um, the Phantom Menace. Um, uh, and it is, um, that quote, you know, uh, as I like to say, it's, it's about poetry. It's like poetry, you know, it rhymes. Every stanza, you know, rhymes with the last Hopefully it'll work. Um, what's your favorite? It's like poetry. It rhymes in Star Wars. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Let me say this. So um, back to the original trilogy. Um, I find that uh, part of the, the what I love so much about Anakin's return back to the light is that he um, never got the opportunity to save his mother. He wanted to, and he couldn't. Yeah, which is kind of what drew me to the dark side. Right. He he didn't get the opportunity to save his wife, Padme, which he thought he could and he could not. Right. But he had the opportunity to save his son. And I think he, uh, to me, you know, I I feel that, okay, well, because he was not able to save his mother, he was not able to save his his, uh, wife, Padme, 
that he wasn't going to miss the opportunity to save his son. And that's what he did. Um, so to me that, you know, speaks volumes. Yeah, no, I, I, that it's, it's sometimes like those like simple, like, you know, saving the family from not being able to save the family. It's, it's sometimes those simple things that are the most beautiful. Yeah. I find. Yeah. yeah. Um, if you could take one item or force power from Star Wars into the real world, what would it be? Mind reading. <laughs> it just makes my life so much easier. Like, I just hate trying to guess what people think. Like, it would be so much easier to just, like, read people's thoughts and be like, oh, <laughs> wow. I didn't know you liked chocolate chip ice cream or whatever. Mm -hmm. I don't even know if I should say this. What? <laughs> Force choke. Ah! <laughs> oh, hey, wow. So that you can go Simpson on people. Hey, you know what? Yeah, you know, just some people, you know, just keep talking and talking and talking. And talking and some people stop. deserve it. Some people deserve it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, okay, well, you know, and, you oh, know, yeah. or people, you know, maybe saying something to you that you don't agree with. And, yeah, you, know, you know, you're just yeah. sick and tired. Like, like, calm down. Yes, this needs right, to end you know, right now. You right. Know. Okay. Yeah. It's my turn to talk, you know. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah just be down. like, all right. You, you know don't what? have to, you don't have to act like Vader all the time and choke somebody to death. You can just, like, yeah. No, 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 no. That doesn't have to go that far. No, just, yeah, uh, you, you know, for, just, you can for a few seconds, you know. Yeah. You can be just like, all right. You've had your turn. It's my turn to speak. Let me finish the sentence in here. A little bit of direct acrylic, you know, like, you know. Yeah. Just, just, just stop them. As I was saying. Yeah. Or you'll um, lift the man on the table and make him dance in front of the entire board. Oh boy. Okay. And then finally, uh yes. we have a bit of a uh we have a bit of a feud going on with fellow podcaster Devore from a large view of the force of over a Star Wars pronunciation. We ask all of our guests how to how they pronounce this name. And I'm not saying there's a correct answer, I'm just saying that there is a correct answer. Um I'm gonna show you a character. Um and you just tell me how you pronounce this character's name. Sure. You know who this character is? Oh, okay. All right. Show us. Zam Wessel. Okay. Is that the right pronunciation? Yeah, it is. It's Zam the right Wessel. pronunciation. Yeah, Zam Wessel is right. Uh -huh. um, so Devore, this was a while ago, we were talking with him about this, um, and he was like, oh, I always pronounce it Zam Wessel. Oh, and we okay. were like, who, do, who, who is doing that? And mm -hmm. then we, we went we went to, interestingly enough, um, the game Star Wars Bounty Hunter, which is an old Legends game uh, released around the time of Clones. Uh, and in that, Leanna Walsman, who plays Zam in both Clones and in Bounty Hunter, says, introduces herself as, Hi, I'm the Zam Wazell. But <laughs> to make it more complicated, Wik Wikipedia has both Wessel and Wazell as acceptable pronunciations so there is no actual pronunciation but we're it's keeping, wessel yeah mm -hmm. we're keeping it yeah, that power by handy. <laughs> literally, literally uh i will i will tell you that we've had dozens of guests come on two or three of them have had said wazel all of the rest have said wessel so at this point like we've gotten so many sources that we just kind of have to assume that um it's it's wessel yeah. but we have to keep the bit going yeah. Um, <laughs> it's, it's just so many names like that that has yeah. multiple pronunciations. You're gonna do this in 2049. 
Uh, apparently, yeah. Uh, it's, if it keeps continuing on, then we're gonna keep doing it as long as the show. We're gonna keep asking people about Whistle versus Wazelle. We've just, <laughs> we, we've just, uh, we've just decided. But uh, yeah, I think that's gonna be it for this episode. Before we leave, um, Kerwin and Keith, do you wanna uh, tell us where you can find all your stuff? You have any speedrun music? Uh, any any what? Speedrun music. Go ahead. I, Keith. We don't. That's okay, Eli. Don't worry about it. <laughs> All right. I don't yes. think I have that you don't yet. Have but to speak for it, Keith, just just tell. But me. I enjoy doing it. Okay. All right. All right. So you can listen to us so on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Radio Public, Amazon Music, Audible, <gasps> Podcast Addict, Overcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Check us out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And those are all at Files and Galaxy. That's our Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram handle. Visit our website, FilesandGalaxy.com. Please donate to our Patreon page so we can keep making awesome content on our channel and new shorts as well. And also check out our speaker page as well. I did it. That's it. It's one of those things where after a certain number of episodes, you just have it in your brain. Yes. Uh, the things. And uh, absolutely. Um, thanks, everyone, for listening to this episode of stars in a galaxy uh thanks kerwin and keith for coming on uh okay. next week uh jacob and i are going to do a special episode of star wars in a galaxy we have not d figured out what that is yet but by the time we record it and post it we will so stay tuned for that uh whatever it will be and then we'll get back to bad batch apparently uh so uh, in the meantime you can follow us on twitter at in a galaxy pod instagram at star wars in a galaxy um you can listen to us on apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, spotify anywhere you listen to your podcasts we will be there if we're not, email us, swnagalaxy at gmail.com. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. Follow our trivia account, uh, which is our Star Wars Trivia League account, at Galaxy Trivia, Epic Confrontations on YouTube. Uh, you can follow my personal account, at OchiFan327, on both Twitter, and I now have TikTok. So I'm trying out that new platform as well. And I think if there's nothing else, in the meantime, may the Force be with you. Always. Always.